Hello, I am Cody Allingham and this is the Transformation of Value podcast. Today I talk with the Kiwi Bitcoin Builders. This New Zealand-based group connects people working on various Bitcoin projects from tools for merchant acceptance of Bitcoin through to mining businesses, Bitcoin meetups, education and even developing on the Lightning Network. Today we have a general catch-up on various projects we are working on, as well as hear from two members of the group, Rob Clarkson and Simon Collins, who discussed their chance to be speakers at the recent Bitcoin Alive event in Sydney. Now, if you are a Bitcoin builder working on something, whether it is tech-based or not, please get in touch. Send an email to hello at thetransformationofvalue.com and I will get back to you. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to support the show, please consider streaming some Satoshis via your favorite podcasting 2.0 platform, such as Fountain or Breeze. Otherwise, on to the show. No, we're all good. All right, so we'll kick it off there, I think. So welcome, everyone. Thanks for making the time on uh, a Sunday evening um, to catch up. So I thought it would be good to maybe um, recap a few things that have happened lately. We've got a bit of a community building uh, going on. A lot of things are happening. Um, and most uh, recently, the Bitcoin Alive, which seems like it's really... It really was a bit of a big deal. So I'm keen to hear from um, our two speakers from the Kiwi contingent who went over, Rob and Simon, um, get your guys' thoughts on how that went, maybe what we can learn as a bit of a starting point. How does that sound? Rob, Rob, do you want to? I was going to say after you, Simon. I think the guy who got <laughs> two, two spontaneous rounds of applause should probably go first. Um, look, it was pretty awesome, wasn't it, Rob? I mean, um, and Andrew, of course, um, because, uh, yeah, look, we had a, um, it was an awesome day. It was really well organized. Um, and I think one of the things that I, I, I've reflected on a lot was the, the kind of difference, the differences and similarities between the Australia and the New Zealand Bitcoin communities. I think, um, we over here are probably a smaller and tighter kind of contingent, whereas they, you know, they could muster 300 plus people who are all, you know, interested enough to spend a few hundred bucks on, on tickets. Um, I think that might be a pretty hard ask over here where probably the people in this, in this chat represent a really significant proportion of the people who are, you know, as, as, as the name of the group is building, in and on Bitcoin in New Zealand. But over there, they have um, meetups that are relatively larger. The, I went to the Sydney, Bitcoin Sydney meetup on the Thursday beforehand, and there were probably over 100 people there, which I know was a large turnout for one of those events because of its proximity to Bitcoin Alive, but also it is relatively well attended. Um, and so from my perspective, you know, the opportunity is to kind of, build relationships between both Australia and New Zealand so that we're not duplicating efforts and um, double spending resources. We all hate double spending in Bitcoin, right? And um, and yeah, but, but, you know, reflections on the day, I mean, yeah, it was huge. Um, really, really good caliber of speakers, if I may say so. Like, you know, every, every panel had some value in it. Um, I spent most of the day a little bit too nervous to kind of tune in uh, to every single word that was said, especially because mine was one of the last few panels 
I just spent my entire day furiously revising my speaking notes and um, finding it difficult to pay attention. But um, yeah, look, the outcomes are really good. And I think what has been really positive is the feedback, especially like that I certainly have gotten around the kind of um, interest and impact that being on stage kind of provides you as a, as a speaker. And I would sort of recommend that anybody who's um, kind of keen to build some profile, just start approaching those kinds of um, events and, and, and stuff, just because they're often far more receptive than you expect them to be. And the, and it pays massive dividends even already. So yeah, sorry, a bit of a ramble, but uh, good experience. And I look forward to, hopefully being asked back one day. Rob? Um, yeah, what Sam said. <laughs> um, it was great. It was really well organized. It was like the organizers had, had, it was like their, you know, fifth or 10th one, you know, everything ran like clockwork. Um, yeah, such a, a wide variety of talkers. Um, everything from the philosophical to the, to the quite technical. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, I think like all the all the talks were really well attended, and um, yeah, sucks. The one Simon was in was packed. Uh, I was in the back room, so it was like a little bit of a, a kind of a smaller stage and a smaller room. Um, and I had probably I had I think the smallest crowd I think that I'd seen at the conference. Um, but I, I actually got the most questions out of anybody I'd seen at the conference. So I don't know maybe the reduction in crowd size meant that people felt freer to speak up and ask a question. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, it was great to have the opportunity to go and to talk there. So that was good as well. Um, and it was cool. We met, um, yeah, we met Kiwis that we didn't, we hadn't met before, um, in the groups. So it was good. It was good from that respect as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it was great. I, my favorite thing is just kind of, chatting to random plebs in the pub at the end. Um, it's always my favorite part of the conferences because you just have mad conversations. Um, and you, you don't, you know, you start in at the deep end, obviously like every kind of Bitcoin meetup. So it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it was really good. Rob, have you spoken before at an event like that? No, no, never. Yeah. HG, I'd be keen to hear your perspectives because you were in the audience there, weren't you? Yeah, I was in the audience and I I helped Rob do his little presentation, but um, it was just it was just a lot of fun. It was really laid back, which I thought was cool. If you go to like a Miami or an LA conference, you know, you, I think you might get a fair bit of that rah rah, which is fun too. But it was really laid back. But I guess the thing that hit me is just that they are doing a lot of stuff in Australia, and we are not. You know, just Amber, the app was there, but just you know, just people all over. It's like you know, there's a surgeon from the Royal Adelaide hospital who's you know speaking about bitcoin and health just people giving advice on tax people giving advice on estate planning you know various you know you've got the perth heat the pro baseball team you've got the bush bashes you've got that conference you know there's a lot of stuff going on there and we don't really have an equivalent except for the the mighty bit kiwi but but it was super fun and you know we we're among friends i, I definitely felt that and, and, you know, whenever we said, we said to a few of them, oh, you know, about just what we, you know, some of the events that we run here and things we've got, you know, ideas for the future. And they were like, oh, we'll come over, we'll come over. And, and I believe they would. You know, the Aussies love New Zealand. So any events we would run, big or small, I think they would come. 
we do we do we definitely risk um an invasion of the south island by australians based on my um based on my conversations they want a slice of wanaka from what i can gather yeah but well, i reckon bitcoin bush bash south island style would would be a hit I'm curious, what's the infrastructure like in Australia for Bitcoin? Is there like off ramps for merchants or anything like that? The stuff that we're exploring here, like, are they a bit further along in terms of merchant adoption as well? Or? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Um, on ramps, I think maybe a few more, but I didn't dive into any of the, you know, the the, the merchant off ramp kind of, you know, like the the mm. coin coin corner type thing places. I um. I orange pilled an Uber driver, so there's at least one Uber driver that's going to take Bitcoin pretty soon. Yeah, I'm not sure. I should. I normally look on the the BTC map, but I think I was just so busy, I just didn't get a chance to check it out. Um, we did go for a big meal in a Brazilian steakhouse, but I don't think they were taking Bitcoin. Andrew, did they take Bitcoin in that steakhouse? I don't think they did. No. Uh, but 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 me and Andrew, hang on. So uh, yeah, Andrew took Bitcoin off me for the steak, so that that worked out. <laughs> Actually, Rob, Rob, what what were you uh, presenting there? Actually, I was talking about the Bolt card, uh, which is the tap and go for the Lightning Network. I think um, Brandon demonstrated it a uh, bit Kiwi last time. If, I, if, I, if that's right, Brandon. Uh, I showed it to a few people. Yeah, um, we had the past device, the past device sitting there right next to the to the ATM, and uh, showed a few people who were interested. But uh, it wasn't a wasn't a big show. Well, that's sort of um, now that Wallet of Satoshi is coming out with a bit of POS support. That looks quite exciting as well, being able to run the bulk cards over that. Um, it's got our ones, Rob. Oh. <laughs> About to give it a crack. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, just sorry, with the, the Bitcoin Alive stuff, just come back to Australia, though. Um, so you, it seems like there's a lot of learnings. There's a lot of stuff happening over there, sort of an order of magnitude higher than where we're at in New Zealand. In terms of learning from that though, and, and connecting with that, like what's what are the avenues for us to learn from what's happening over there? Yeah. What are the ways for us to build that bridge? So, so I think something really important to say here is that um, I don't think that the quality of what's happening in Australia is any better than what's happening here. And quite specifically, I think there's a reason that both I and Rob were on stage at that event is that because we're doing stuff in New Zealand that is just as high a standard as anything that's happening in Australia. And I know I've put, um, I put several organizers of meetups onto the BitKiwi guys this week, because I think that actually BitKiwi is better in terms of organization and delivery, um, in terms of, um, you know, getting, getting about a tech sets is, is a massive, kind of improvement over just renting or just just hiring out a lounge bar at a at a pub in Surrey Hills. Um, so I think really important just to kind of preface what or to or to kind of um, reference that that um, like what Ron's doing with bulk card is just as good as anything that's going on, if not better than anything that I saw going on in payments in Australia. What I had to say, uh, if I may say so, was at least as interesting as anybody else on the panel um, that I was on. And so I think it's really important that we don't, we don't kind of position ourselves as the poor stepchild of Australia and Bitcoin because we absolutely are not. We are just smaller and we are just smaller because we are smaller. Um, 
like any meetup that you might go to, huge number of the people that are at these things are just buyers and hodlers. They're not developers, builders in any in any regard. So I think, yeah, that would be my key takeaway here is that um, we don't need to go begging to Australia to please be included in your amazing Bitcoin works. We have the opportunity to work alongside Australia to build a kind of uh, Citadel South Pacific in Bitcoin. And we have as much to add as any single individual company group in Australia alongside them. So from my perspective and onto your question, Cody, is that what do we do from here? I think we need to build um, strong community relationships. I think we need to know what's going on, who's doing it, and what do they want from collaboration, um, from you know, funding and work, and what are the gaps that both sides see as needing filled, and what resource can each side of the ditch offer to do so. And so that is very much what I kind of spent, especially the last half of that trip doing, is getting people's details, connecting with them on Telegram, connecting other people to them on Telegram, um, because I think that's how we that's how we start, right? Um, so actually, Cody, happy to connect you with some podcasters over there as well, because you know whether you want to do collaborative convos or not, um, I, I've done two two Australian podcasts already, and they're 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 as good, no better or worse than any uh, particular New Zealand podcasts that I've been on. So um, that's my perspective on that: is that we're just as good, and we just need to forge links. Yeah, thanks for making those connections with us as well, Simon. Appreciate that. And we're definitely going to um, chat with them a bit and see if we can pick their brains, maybe offer them some advice as well by the sounds of it. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, like just sharing notes. I mean, you don't have to give them your IP, right? But um, I think there's an amazing, you know, like BitKiwi, a BitKiwi Sydney event would be awesome, right? You guys go over, set up the kind of stuff that you guys do, at one of their events that be over the moon yeah mm. and you've got the branding sorry with the bit kiwi you know you've got the branding so that you could actually deploy that it doesn't have to be in new zealand you know you've got 100%. all of the all of the visuals all of the style all of the the vibe to actually deploy that anywhere um and i think it straight to bondi yeah. <laughs> hey, what, what, one thing one thing that was a bit of a little discovery for us was um this guy uh ferris his name is who runs the bitcoin basics was that the name of it rob um he, he's, yeah. he's, he's an american guy originally but he lives in nelson he got a partner in melbourne a business partner and they're on this podcast called bitcoin basics and they've done like 300 episodes and they've in, interviewed some quite big names and i just someone happened to walk past me and go oh that guy's from new zealand and and we, we ended up kind of going and having dinner and he have come and had dinner with us and so um i've connected with him on twitter but i think you know definitely get him into the community because he's mm. he's um yeah he's definitely out there doing it totally and i'm uh, due to do an app with him as well i i, I ended up talking to the uh, organizer of the brisbane bitcoin meetup and I was telling him about um, Kiwi Lamb's um, token system for the beers. And um, yeah, I think that's got, yeah, because we were talking about this at the last, at the last bit Kiwi there, about that being quite, quite handy for when you haven't quite orange pilled the bar yet. 
having something that you can use to to be able to use lightning in the bar and so people can see it working and then still being able to buy beer if i'll be indirectly yeah so i think there's um yeah i definitely think we're all ahead in some ways yep just on, on that note as well, everyone, I don't know who's had a chance to listen to the latest episode talking with the UK Bitcoin uh, meetup uh, guys, Bridge to Bitcoin and Suffolk Bitcoin that I did the other day. But I had a really great chat with them and understanding how they're organizing uh, in the UK because they've got a really good system. And I was quite blown away by their um, merchant adoption approach, which looks at um, basically f- positioning themselves as a marketing company. Um, to create, you know, interest in Bitcoin and going to these, um, you know, uh, seminars and these, you know, kind of events where people talk about that sort of stuff. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of that, um, the kind of the organizational approach to how they've managed to do that. And they've got, you know, uh, telegram groups for each, you know, region in the UK. And they then have like a, another group for just the, the organizers of those groups. And there, there was just sort of some, basic comms stuff there which i thought was quite illuminating um and so they've been able to get you know really quite a bit of penetration for merchant adoption uh in the country um and coming back to what kiwi has been working on as well i still feel that there's a real opportunity to to open source that approach uh, maybe not necessarily the underlying tech but even just how you can make any venue you know accept bitcoin for an event by having this kind of middleware interface um, so they don't actually have to touch the Bitcoin straight away. I think that's really powerful and that could get some real global traction if you were to sort of package it up as a thing. So uh, certainly there's a lot of potential there. Have you done a video demo of that, Matt? Because at the Sydney thing, the 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 bar, you know, the hamburger place didn't accept Bitcoin. If you had had that there, man, you would have had 300 people looking at it, and especially <laughs> with the, um, you know, especially with the, the little ching noises, yeah. right? Yeah, mate, you'd be you'd be doing global franchises by now. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, uh, but Kiwi uh, did do a recording at one point. Uh, one and uh, I don't know if it was but Kiwi one or two, uh, mm. but a, a recording of me paying for a drink right. for them uh, in Wellington. Mm. So so there are some recordings around, but we can obviously uh, you know do something a little bit more, uh, uh, you know. Con- contrived or a bit more marketed yeah for sure. yeah there's a few clips um i think there was probably three or four clips floating around on twitter from various bit kiwis of a transaction going through um the one kiwi lamb's referring to was i think it but kiwi one where he was paid for a beer for us in christ from christchurch and so we filmed it sort of simultaneously and cut it together and that was quite cool. And someone, someone else at BitKiwi once shouted someone a beer from Vietnam as well. Yeah. Um, so it's quite cool when you get it out onto social media a little bit. Um, but yeah, it has been a cool little system actually because yeah, we just built it to um, to create a way of doing it. We thought we'd eventually orange pill the bar and would only do this for one or two sort of meetups. Um, but that worked out really good and people seem to enjoy the novelty. So we just kept it going. Yeah, that is the ultimate goal, though. Obviously, for the bar to be able to <laughs> accept our well, yeah, uh, lightning be, payments, that would be, would be awesome. ideal. <laughs> uh, but but this is a, an intern step. Um, but as you say, you know, any anyone in the world can pay for those uh, beers, right? So, you know, if you mm. want to involve the Aussie guys, uh, if you want to involve the UK crew, uh, you know, that could be an opportunity there. Uh, to get them involved in our meetups in some way. Uh, maybe maybe you can have virtual meetups. 
<laughs> What's your appetite for um, that piece of like tech? So the actual what you've built um, is that something you're interested in open sourcing? Do you want to you know like how do you want to approach that side of it? Because there's the concept of how you can do it, and then there's what you've actually built to do it, and and I think they're two different things. And I know just as a a methodology, like it's a really good idea, but are you happy with where the tech stacks at at the moment? Does it need more work or What's your vision for that, Matt? Yeah, I, I think uh, at the moment the problem is that it's a little bit probably more custodial than what we want. Uh, you know, that that uh, open sourcing that might, yeah, that, that that's not the issue. It, it's sort of like who holds the funds at the end of the day. Mm. Uh, I, I see something like a technology like possibly Fediment or something like that might resolve that uh, because that's more uh, spreading the... Uh, you know, ownership over a community of people or a federation of people instead of just, uh, you know, one one person or trusting one one business or something like that. Uh, yeah, definitely an opportunity there for sure that you could look into. But um, uh, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, as I said, the ultimate goal, right, is, is just accept it yourself. Uh, then we don't don't have to have this. But, uh, you know, if meetups and stuff want to use it, yeah, they, they definitely could. Yeah, we started off um, not having custody at all. We were using the LN Pay service. Um, slowly mm. over the last couple of BitKiwis, we've been changing it under the hood and bringing it into our custody. Um, so Matt's basically hosting that for us right now, um, but we are slowly putting together the node behind me in the wardrobe. We've built, <laughs> built a bespoke PC in there and we've been getting that sorted. We've got it in a rack in the cupboard just been adding some bits and pieces to it and get going through our own journey of learning about lightning a bit um, so we can connect in some channels and then sort of cautiously conservatively take custody over time without risk of the system falling over um, so eventually we'll, we'll have it in our own custody as well but part of the cool thing in that journey is starting to open up our eyes a bit around a bit of a, a little bit of a circular economy because I'm aware that Brandon and others are running nodes and in, in a pretty stable manner by the sounds of it um so once we're connected properly well we've got channels open but once we're going, getting transactions going through connected to kiwi lambs node and then we connect with others you know i feel like this group and others around new zealand if we all connect in this way and get more experience and better at the lightning network we're basically creating a circular economy all on its own um which is pretty cool so we, we're wanting we can see some expansion with it like we we're we started off just paying for these drinks, you, you know, now we're um, sourcing Bitcoin magazine and selling that at the meetups as well. Um, and so we were thinking tra of transferring that into the system. Um, and then basically you can do anything with it. Um, and if we're all connected, you know, people can open up their own opportunities around the country, um, hosting their own wallets and, and collecting sets for various things. And we might have a large number of sets actually routing through all of our nodes, which would be, a pretty cool sort of story, um, sort of a semi-circular economy going in New Zealand, which would be pretty cool. Thank you for that, Paul. Um, I agree. Um, I'm wondering, just on a technical level, I was po posting some questions the other day in the Telegram group around Lightning. It's still something I'm learning about at the moment. But with um, opening nodes and, and that circular economy you talk about, I mean, is there a way for us to maybe uh, discuss that a little bit more? Because I feel, uh, I mean, there is a lot of people running their own nodes, their own services, and one of the big things is you can connect to a someone else's nodes, right, and and build build those um, channels uh, and that sort of thing. So uh, I'm still I'm not too too clued up on on how the technicals of that might work, but I mean, is that is that a possibility? Like having 
having, I guess, a platform for talking about that, whether it's a, a group chat or, or something? Sure. I mean, I mean, the big upside of, I mean, the upside of do, doing that would be, um, you know, for running, you know, events, businesses, um, you know, actually building on the Lightning Network, um, having our notes connected to each other and, you know, in people actually having self-custody on the Lightning Network. Uh, we make an efficient system that actually runs here and we're not all running through, you know, Wada Satoshi and 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 the other large nodes in the network. Um, I said earlier in that chat, like the Lightning Network isn't just one network. It's, you know, it's a collection of, um, you know, it's a, it's one big network in some ways, but in other ways, it's, you know, many small networks. You know, I have a network of large nodes that I connect to. I have a network of plebs that I connect to. And I have a network of New Zealand nodes that I'm aware of that I connect to. And, you know, the more traffic that my node sees through those New Zealand nodes, the better as far as I'm concerned, because those are the ones that I'm going to keep uh, no matter what, even if they're not profitable. So, uh, you know, it'd be nice to make them profitable. So let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just inc helps increase uh, the liquidity, you know, within our country as well, right? And routing payments as well. So that, that that's, uh, you know, helps having connections to, to other nodes. Um, yeah, and just on that, I was just looking at uh, my node uh, today and I thought, oh, when, when did I start doing my first payments through here? It was sort of February 2019. Um, and the reason why I looked at that is because I actually pushed through uh, two payments in Lightning that were quite significant. Uh, one was fifteen hundred New Zealand dollars, and the others, the other was two thousand, and they just they just worked. Nice. And they're like that just wouldn't have happened, uh, you know, even probably a couple of years ago. Uh, I do remember when when you know first hosting a node. You know, you you sort of started to have have trouble with uh, you know routing hundred thousand sats or something like that. Uh, so yeah, definitely things have changed for sure. Um, there's a lot more liquidity out there. I've had very much the same experience when I started. Um, you know, playing around with my first node. Um, yeah, you know, I went relatively deep and and tried really hard to to make the thing work. Um, and and so I put you know, a reasonable amount of Bitcoin on there in terms of liquidity and, and tried to find some, some good nodes to work with. Uh, and I struggled a little bit, you know, you have to trying to tinker and update and do things differently because it wasn't, you know, it, it mostly worked, but you know, those, you know, for, for a system like this, you know, as we know, like FPOS works most of the time, but we all still hate it because every once in a while we go to the place and it's, you know, it's down, right. You know, we need a network that, is up all the time and is always working. Um, and, you know, for the last, and I said this in, in one of our Telegram channels the other day, for the last six months, you know, I can't remember a time where I got frustrated, you know, trying to make something happen. Transaction with my note, it's, it's been getting a lot better. Um, and, you know, it's time to build on that, I think. And and just can I, can I ask that, do you see that those improvements are because of the, the quality of your infrastructure changing the development and the software that you know is, is available to implement on those nodes or is it your own liquidity on the node that's improved um i mean for myself i'll say that my, my liquidity has improved over time just because naturally as i've been trying to build things up and uh do different things i have like 
four or five nodes now. So I've got liquidity going to those. And so I've definitely built yeah. that liquidity over time. But uh, I think the two primary reasons are that um, it's been quite a few improvements just on the on the implementation side of things. You know, LND itself or, or C Lightning, or Lightning, what do they call themselves these days? Uh, you know, with the routing, uh, you know, algorithms are using and, and uh, just the ways that, that it's actually operating and choosing routes and, and things like that. We're just getting fewer failed payments. Um, and then myself personally, it's just uh, using tools that make managing liquidity a lot easier has also been a big game changer for me. Um, it's made it so that I don't have right. to spend so much manual time thinking about, you know, I'm going to be using Wallet Satoshi today or paying people that have wallets such as you today, I need to make sure I have liquidity there. Like I don't actually mm. have to think about that much anymore because I've, I've set up some automation around that. Um, and those sorts of tools getting a lot better from say two years ago is one of the things that's made, you know, my nodes specifically uh, work more reliably. Yeah, I'll, I'll sort of, I kind of go the opposite way of that. Um, in the early days, I sort of managed my channels quite a lot and monitored them and, you know, made sure they were balanced and, you know, spent a lot of time uh, just just sort of involved in that area. But, you know, I, I would say as of a couple of years ago, I sort of just went, oh, just, just let it go. And I've just let the channels do what they they do, you know, and they route, route payment, uh, payments back and forward. And I, I really haven't uh, actually, you know, spent a lot of time in, in managing that. And, and it's it's worked. So, but, you know, as you're saying, that's just also uh, the benefits of what Brendan just said, you know, increased liquidity, you know, channels, you know, more nodes coming online. Um, I haven't really changed my... Uh, you know, amount of liquidity available at all. Um, but what I have found is that I think over time, channels, uh, channel number has probably reduced, but capacity has increased. So you're getting generally getting larger, larger channels, uh, smaller amounts of channels would, would be a general tr trend that, I, that I've seen, that's for sure. No, that sounds like centralization. Oh, yeah, it could be. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, there, there's always the risk of, of that for sure. Um, yeah. Brandon, what was that? Sorry, what was that automatic tool that you've been using to do the balancing? I've used a couple of them. Um, I ran the Sea Lightning node for a while. Um, uh, and um, the one there, it, I can't remember what it's called exactly. It was kind of boss in the name, CL Boss. Um, I used that for a little while, but uh, today my main node has LND on it. And so the, the tool that I use there is called LNDG. Um, and that's uh, essentially just a big dashboard that shows me everything about the node. Um, and I don't, I mean, I rarely look at it, maybe once a week or something like that, but it does two things for me. So one is it changes fees. Um, so if there's a lot of attempted payments going in one direction, uh, where there's no liquidity, um, it'll see that that's happening and it'll increase the fees. Um, and the reason it increases the fees is that makes it profitable for that same system, LNDG, to rebalance. Um, so it'll send liquidity to the other side of that channel, uh, assuming that those payments will still be attempted. Um, and it generally works pretty well. Um, so I guess, you know, Matt, the, uh, I don't spend any time managing liquidity either. Uh, and, you know, I, the I guess the reason that I don't is because it's done for me. Um, the 
so it's a, you know, it's, it's a big change from, you know, if you're running a hobby node um, and you actually want it to work all the time, um, it's a big change to, to sort of take, take a step back and sort of let it run. Um, one way to do that is, you know, just let it run. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that I've done enough, you know, analysis of the value of this automation to tell you whether it's, you know, working or not. All I can tell you is the results and, and maybe we're finding the same results for, you know, the same reasons, just the Lightning Network's getting better and it's working better. Um, but I guess um, uh, I can only speak to you know, what I've done. Yeah, yeah. As, you, as you said before, right, there's been some tech underneath that's changed yeah. significantly, you know, multi-part path routing. Uh, you know, there's some really smart guys working on these uh, <laughs> routing algorithms that uh, are working out pretty good. Yeah. Um, if I may, just one thing, um, again, from my perspective, I, I feel like Lightning, I'm still you know, learning a lot here. And I, f I feel like there's definitely more um, just conversations and learnings that, you know, if, if that's something we can discuss, you know, whether through um, the Telegram group or BitKiwi, because I, I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on, on, on the Bitcoin side. But when it comes to Lightning, there's still a lot of fundamental mental models that I, you know, I'm not sure, you know, like just how, how I should be thinking about it. Um, um, without getting too deep into the tech, I'm, I'm always very reluctant, you know, until I know that it's, you know, I'm going to be able to manage it and it's not going to fall over. Um, so I feel like there's definitely a space there to share some of that. And especially if some of these solutions are, become available that are a little bit easier for people who are not as super technical about it um, as, as maybe it was a few years ago. Uh, things like Umbral, I believe, uh, is quite mm -hmm. quite easy to, to get up and running. So, uh, just for yeah, for me, I feel like there's there's definitely uh, a little bit more to learn, but I'm keen to to learn from everyone here. Yeah, I think that'd be great that we we spend a little bit more time on this. Um, I, I will say, like we've been talking about, like running, you know, nodes of reasonable size for you know, uh, I guess for my purpose, it's been mostly a learning exercise, um, trying to play with the tools and make them work. And that's required me to sort of set things up a certain way, I think. But, you know, I think a lot of what's missing around um, getting lightning and specifically self-custody lightning in people's hands is that um, it's not enough out there that's sort of um, getting people what they really need out of it, if that makes sense. So, So what I mean is like, I've got a node here it's got a pretty significant amount of capacity that it has, you know, 25 channels and uh, you know, it's got um, some automation in the background and everything else. And like, like for most people who are going to be using the lightning network, like that's completely unnecessary. Um, you know, what you really need is uh, you know, you need a, I was going to say a lightning node. You just, we'll, we'll just say a lightning node, but that node can be, you know, at your house, it can be uh, an app on your phone. Um, with a couple of channels to some, you know, reasonable liquidity nodes that you can get, get your payments, you know, sent to the place they need to be sent, right? Um, and that's that's really all most people need is, you know, is their their wallet, their, you know, uh, Lightning implementation, and a few channels that are going to get their payments there. Um, and there's not, you know, obviously there's a lot of focus or a lot of adoption of the custodial apps because that's you know, taking that ease of use and rationing it all the way up. Um, but I think the missing piece in self-custody is just, you know, how you get what you need if you're just, the guy's going to put a few hundred bucks in your wallet and go spend it over the course of a week, right? Um, mm -hmm. That, uh, that self-custody infrastructure is not quite there.
Yeah, I think that's what we need to educate people on, though, right? Is that this is not a savings system. You know, let, let, let's not store large quantities of, uh, you know, value in a in a custodial lightning wallet. I think the education around that is the more important thing. Uh, you know, let's use it for what it is, is a payment system. Um, mm. You know, let's, let's put a little bit of uh, money in your wallet to use, uh, you know, daily, weekly, whatever. But it's not there to, you know, hold all your Bitcoin, so to speak. Um, so that, 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 that is a key, key thing. So, I, you know, I, I don't have an issue with custodial lightning uh, as long as people are using it in a responsible manner, I guess. That's what it comes down to. You know, if you've got, yeah. you know, dozens of Bitcoins in a lightning wallet and it's custodial, uh, I think that's just probably irresponsible. But that's an education thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any issues with custodial lightning either. I mean, I, I use it, you know, I've got, a, I've got a handful of wallets and, you know, probably a couple of them custodial that actually have funds in them. But the, um, my, I guess my main thinking is just that I think in the long run, the, you know, there's a line you can draw right now, you know, for what's appropriate for on-chain Bitcoin and what's appropriate for lightning. Um, and as adoption grows, you know, we all know that the the base layer can't scale to 8 billion people. Um, and as adoption grows in Bitcoin, that line for what's appropriate for the base layer is going to be shifted upwards over time. Um, and it, it will have to be because the value will just increase exponentially, you know, if, if adoption mm -hmm. actually happens. And so, you know, people are going to be pushed onto those other layers. And eventually we're going to have to, you know, if, if we want, you know, some reasonable portion of those 8 billion people to have, you know, some self-sovereignty, we're, we're going to have to find a way to start, um, you know, rationing up the tools that allow them to do that on that second layer, because most people are going to spend most of their time there. Um, you know, that, I, I guess the, so I think in the, in today's world, I, I completely agree. Like custodial options are, you know, great. And, uh, you know, they've, the best things we have at the moment um but we got to start thinking forward about you know where these things go yeah absolutely um just um on that note talking about payments um i'd be keen to just uh, move the conversation towards just sort of where everyone thinks or where things are at with um acceptance of bitcoin and and if anyone's had any conversations since um or recent conversations with any merchants or businesses around accepting bitcoin i know i've certainly had one um, but you're just keen to see if, if anyone's had, had that experience talking to, to retailers or, or shops about Bitcoin. Yes, Beekeeper in uh, Queenstown I'm talking to at the moment sounds like he's pretty keen to accept Bitcoin for honey. Um, honey, of course, I guess is found everywhere in New Zealand. So um, I guess he's like, yeah, looking for a point of difference. So that's pretty good. So uh, might not be economical after he shipped it, um, but the fact that accepting accepting Bitcoin for it, um, yeah, it could be a point of difference. So yeah, helping him out with that. So it's I'm setting up um, sort of low cost setup. So it's uh, Shopify, and then for the Lightning payments, uh, Open Node, which is a custodial um, payment solution, um, and they seem to they seem to integrate nicely together. So hopefully it should be a sort of a code free setup, and then. Um, yeah, then he should be able to just pay the bill and it should keep working. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of... Ex I was going to ask, is 
is so did you say it's called open note open note.com and that's a is that a a shopify plugin from the plugin store or for the app store and in, in shopify or is it a separate entity yeah. like you have to so you say it's no code but is it a one-click install through shopify or yeah, that's, that's, that's my understanding. Awesome. Yeah, so um, it doesn't, you can't seem to find it in the Shopify add-ons list. They had crypto.com, which wasn't going to do. They had um, BitPay, yeah. which wasn't going to do either. And then, so I actually had to go to OpenNode separately. And then OpenNode have a link from their side. You have to KYC yourself onto OpenNode, and then they have a link that connects you to Shopify. So you make sure you signed into Shopify on the same browser, and then the connection goes ahead. And the, the point at which I got to the point of the connection, unfortunately, um, the, the, the beekeeper hadn't um, KYC'd himself with OpenNode yet, so I wasn't actually to, able to do that connection, but it would be a one-click solution, is my understanding, once uh, the, the, the account was properly set up. Excellent. Awesome. Um, so just on that note as well, um, experience I had recently, went to a Indian restaurant and was talking to them about Bitcoin. Um, they're a new place in Wellington and you don't, you don't see too many new places open up. And so I had a chat with them and they were really struggling to get people through the door. Very good prices, really good food. Um, some of the best I've had, in fact. And I was just saying, hey, you know, like um, Bitcoin, you know, is this, you know, you guys are interested. And, and this came off the tail of talking to the accept, uh, so the bridge to Bitcoin guys in the UK. And I saw an opportunity here where it's it is a marketing uh, a marketing service really because you know I'm I'm happy to put in a little bit of time to to get Bitcoiners to this place because there's nowhere else in Wellington where I can spend my sets for, for lunch. Um, and I realised you know like man I, I'd I'd be happy to take a few photos for them and and to actually do a bit of a package. And I, I feel like that's what the bridge to Bitcoin guys have successfully deployed. And so similar here, you know whether it's a beekeeper or a cafe or whatever it's like it's almost like a small package um that gets them on the map and then they become a destination and especially for new businesses who have just maybe you know coming out of the whole you know malay that we've been in for the last few years as new businesses open and they're looking for a way to get the word out i feel like this is a way to target the the niche of of bitcoiners at the moment um and having a pipeline like that i think could could be really effective yeah, I think definitely, Cody. There's potential for for introducing businesses and then them talking to their friends. Or you know, I went in to have dinner during the week at Kaima. I hadn't been for a while, and Sam was just so happy to see. Me. I went in by myself and just sat down, and and he's already introduced. Top, you know, I had a conversation yesterday with a guy that runs a coffee cart. It, it, it was a yeah. This guy's not. He's interested to take Bitcoin, but he still needs to understand why it's different to some crypto app he's got on his phone. But he said he would take it, so I'm going to go see him. But Sam told me, you know, he said, oh, there's the there's the veggie shop over the road and a guy that cuts hair around the corner that I mentioned, and they're interested in learning more. So, you know, it's just like little little step by step, you know. Um, Sam's our kind of – he's like the first merchant we onboarded in Christchurch, and he talks to people and just kind of goes from there. I'm really keen if, um, I know a few of you guys have been working on sort of um, various things to help um, merchants sort of get onboarded. Um, it's not something we've been focusing on. We're just sort of focusing on other things, but naturally because we're sort of loud in the Bitcoin community a little bit, um, we get, you know, there's always somebody mentioned somebody, a store here, a store there. You know, there's always, we're always getting 
or hearing of opportunities, but we don't necessarily have the knowledge to confidently try and advise others at the moment. Mainly, uh, I mean, you know, you can easily just show them how to download what was Satoshi and take Bitcoin like that straight off the bat. Um, but obviously the first concern is they need to be able to record properly for tax purposes and things like that. And, you know, you're going to get a lot of merchants who are a little bit wary and won't be keen to just download Wallace Satoshi and go because um, there's an element of risk there for them to just start doing that. So um, I guess this what I'm saying is if I'm really keen to stay connected with you guys when you work on stuff because if you start getting really good, um, nice, easy setups, even some resource material, you know, I'd – Love to just you know we I sort of we we all sort of need to stand on the shoulders of each other a little bit on what we're working on, um, so I'd be keen as to just stay connected and hear about what you guys what anybody puts together, um, and and basically cherry pick a little bit so that when we get those noises you know we can either put them onto people or we can provide them with stuff that we've got we've we've gained from people like yourself so keen to be involved in all those conversations and keep that going because you, you hear of it all the time. Once people hear you, you're into Bitcoin, you, you'll just get whispers of these things. There's, there's a guy at my work who says to me every other week, he knows this cafe owner who really wants to accept it. but And he keeps asking me, you know, but what, what, what can he do for the tax and blah, blah, blah. And I sort of haven't given him too much of the time of day, but as soon as there's something I know out there I can see working and, and is going well, you know, I can start passing that stuff on, maybe even um, make it available at the BitKiwi meetups for any merchants who come along you know it might be a good avenue to try and get them together with bitcoiners and learn and find out the best ways that they can do this so it's awesome what's hearing some of the stuff you guys are doing so yeah keep it up thank you if i may just share a little bit uh, on that so um robin uh, and brandon and a few of us have been uh we've got an accept bitcoin uh group that we, we we chat on and um, that's acceptbitcoin.nz is the current site, but we are working on a, a redesign of that. And I think situating it, it's, it's something that I'm, I really want to do properly. Um, so we've been working on it um, sort of step by step. So at this stage, we've got, uh, I think, some really solid content to basically rebuild that website with. Um, and now I'm looking at the design side. I think the communication language is really important. Um, you know, a lot of the Bitcoin material out there has kind of got that open source GitHub kind of feel. Uh, which I don't think is always appropriate for a, a cafe owner or just a, a normal person to engage with to kind of, uh, you know, feel that they can, you know, take take this and run with it. So um, at a high level, sort of my vision for basically this year is to get that Accept Bitcoin website updated with a new design and new content that's basically going to give everything, all the questions you just asked, Paul, um, give answers to all of that, as well as have some case studies. So I've done one photo shoot with someone who accepts Bitcoin and I'm hoping to get a few more. Um, so we've got some really just nice visuals and just the whole thing is, you know, just polished and, you know, professional. Uh, and then that link would be what you send out to someone and it's enough for them to basically self-educate. Uh, and if they want help, they can get in touch. And then that's where you organize a consultation to run them through their options. And it's kind of like a free service. Um, and there's a marketing component to it as well. We'll add them to the map, you know, BTC map send it out to BitKiwis, you know, tweet it out and kind of share it amongst the group. So that's a bit of the high-level overview of the vision. Um, but I think the key point for me is that I, you know, I guess from the design language perspective is that we do a really good job and we don't rush it, which is why and I, I want this material available now, but I'm also wanting to really do it properly. So um, that's kind of where we're at. Rob, Brandon, I don't know if you had anything to add to that. No, I'm I'm super excited about the work we're doing around that. Uh, yeah, you in particular these days, I suppose. But uh, the uh, 
Yeah, the main idea there is, yeah, as Cody said, you know, if we if got somebody who's interested in accepting Bitcoin, that we can we can actually hold their hands a little bit, um, give them enough information that could be dangerous, um, get started on their own. But you know, the hope is that we'll be able to you know get enough of us involved in that initiative that um, as people reach out, you know, hopefully we can send people out to go see them, uh, and not only send people out to go see them to pay, but send people out to go see them and you know just say like you know, how can we help you do this? Like, and actually support them to the journey. I think one of the things I've learned, you know, in, in all the work that I've done, you know, as a, as a product leader is just like the most important thing is, you know, that people see that they can be successful. So when they arrive on this site, like how do, how do we tell the story that, you know, allows them to see that they're going to be successful doing this? Like I can actually do this to give them confidence. Uh, and the second thing is you actually need to make them successful. Uh, actually get them there to the point where they're accepting Bitcoin and then get people to show up and pay them. Um, and so like filling out that whole journey where, you know, we can shorten the time it takes for them to like get curious, make that decision, set it up and get get sats on the back end. Um, the faster we can do that for people, the, you know, the more likely it is that we'll we'll start seeing traction over this. So I'm, I'm you know, pretty keen on this initiative. Um, and uh, yeah, we're probably going to need help with it over the long run. Yeah, sorry, just and adding to that, I think what the big discovery that we all kind of came up with together, um, actually at Christchurch, we were talking about this, but basically having that touch point within a short period of time. And so someone comes onto the website, they register, you know, they basically say, hey, you know, I've signed up, you know, to I've downloaded Wallet of Satoshi or whatever, you know, I'm ready to go, I accept Bitcoin now. They, they let us know and then we can then disseminate that relatively quickly and someone somewhere is going to go out there and, and buy a coffee from them and maybe bring out some stickers or whatever and, and, and kind of have a pipeline for that which is still again we're at the, the front end of that at the moment but I, I want to see a process where that's really smooth and easy you know someone signs up they get a pack maybe this is a community initiative to actually you know fund some of that stuff so that it can stay basically free for the merchant um, and at the stage anyway so that it's not um, any barrier to entry for them um, but what we get is places where we can spend bitcoin and i believe there is a network effect where the more you know you only need one location and then they start talking to their friends and their you know other business owners and then we start getting some real um you know real good uh, uh impact going on there i think i think the reason why it's um not sort of like an, an easy answer is because there's a bit of a trade-off and we were just talking about this earlier about the custodial trade-off and the sort of the non-custodial trade-off and um yeah the easiest way to get a merchant going is using some of that wallet of satoshi um and the fact that it, it is custodial probably shouldn't stop us from introducing them to that as an option because um because it is the easiest way of getting going and i think um going from zero to one is quite important um when you're helping the merchant out and kind of keeping it easy and straightforward, but I guess explaining the trade-off that's being made. And then this, cause it's, I, I think it's, I see it as a bit of a journey because they'd be, you know, you'd say, you know, this is wallet Satoshi and you don't keep, you know, once you've got a certain amount of funds on here, you need to send them to your cold storage kind of thing. And then, yeah, it'd be much better to go with, you know, something that's non-custodial from the get-go, but and I, I, I do like Breeze wallet, but things like Breeze, there's, there's that there's little barriers to entry or slowdowns and little niggles when you try and use it. And so for somebody who's just trying to get into it, if they start to see those kind of things, it can can be off-putting, especially as you've got, like you say, you've got all the other things around the accounting and the the tax and stuff. So um yeah, I think I'm not sure it's going this, but <laughs> keeping it sort of um yes, yeah, keep it sort of easy and you can do this and yeah, like you're saying, um 
I think some of the barriers there for the uh, merchants is really they want to have it integrated with their system that they currently use. And, and I see that as a big, uh, a big issue because those systems that are out there, um, you know, we might need to do some research on uh, what's been used, but I can imagine in New Zealand there's probably, you know, half a dozen major POS systems that probably covers 80% of the market. Um, you know, getting them uh, to integrate, uh, you know, with Bitcoin, with Lightning, that sort of thing. I see that as a, a uh, you know, that would be a big win, but I, I see them being quite protectionate with their systems and, and modifying them. They want to have full control of what goes on. Um, so, you know, these the Wallet of Satoshi idea and using Breeze, you know, kind of works for that. I would say that sort of that, um, you know, the, the person actually owns the business. They've got the full say, you know, and they can control the wallet. They might be a sole owner, that sort of thing. But when you step out and think about like a cafe with um, staff and, you know, three or four servers, um, someone like I went to this morning, C1, CAF in Christchurch, you know, they're going to have half a dozen staff on uh, using one wallet. Uh, it's just it's broken, you know. The, the, they just can't work that mm. way. Uh, it kind of really no. has to integrate with their current POS systems. It's, it seems to me like probably what needs to happen would be something like this group needs to find a zero expert and mm. scope what it looks like to take Bitcoin and reconcile your zero or your Henry account or your MYOB on the back end. So if you're the business owner, who is the person who at the end of the month has to do GST and does the cash up at the end of the day and all that kind of stuff, like you can set, as, as you say, Matt, you can, there, you've got a, a hump of, um, of process that you need to help people address uh, at the point of sale. That's one thing. And that needs addressing. And then so does the kind of, but, then, then so does the cash up at the end of the day, month, quarter, year as well. And so probably it means creating some guides for business owners who can go, cool, I'm happy to take Bitcoin because I know how it's going to work at the point of sale because I've got this guide and I just get everyone to follow that guide. And then at the end of the month when I do my reconciliation and my GST, I've got another guide that tells me how to work this into zero or MYLB or whatever as well. And that that is really is going to have to happen because nobody is going to go, I'll take Bitcoin and then I'll work it out. Because that's mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing that you learn very quickly as a business owner comes back to bite you pretty hard. So I'd say that that's what business owners are thinking when they have to when they have to think about, well, am I going to start taking Bitcoin? Maybe it's good because I'll tap a new group of customers who are interested in spending sats at a business like mine when they see it on a website that takes Bitcoin and they'll prioritize me over another who doesn't. Uh, but if it becomes a massive pain in the ass at the end of the tax period. Yeah. Yeah. So the integrations and the work. Drop it like a hot rock. Yeah. The work involved to actually get that. Because I know, does Zero have anything at the moment? Does anyone know? Is there any? Zero. I've looked, so. their, I've looked on the message yeah. board. And yeah, Zero. <laughs> Zero. Yeah, somebody suggested accepting Bitcoin or using Bitcoin and they're like, nah, it's just too hard. We're not going to do it. I spoke to someone who works at Zero, and they were like, yeah, we're not. 
not going to do it. But I think they do have a third-party uh, ecosystem that you can build build for, right? They do. They have they have an apps app store type thing. Yeah. yeah. How about how? Sorry. How about um? Do they have things in zero for accepting like Australian dollars or US dollars and doing the conversion automatically? Um, because if it can reckon, if they can reconcile it that way, it's it's no real difference to Bitcoin. Yeah, I was just going to mm. say it's actually really quite simple, and that that attitude from zero contacts doesn't bother me whatsoever. I mean, they're just driven by business. Um, as transaction volume increases and merchants started to start to do it their own way, then the market will come calling, and zero will change their tune overnight. Um, I, I think that the actual functionality to build that is probably pretty simple. Um, I mean, I haven't worked at zero, but worked in similar um, uh, other organisations with financial systems and it's not that hard to build something like that to um you know have another button where you press bitcoin they're going to pay by bitcoin um we know from our own experience that building that on bitcoin is not hard in the lightning network um and just to transfer that across and treat it like a foreign currency like you've just suggested rob i I honestly don't think it's that hard um i had an idea once of um just writing uh, user story based requirements and trying to pitch it to zero or someone like that because that's where all the work is and it, that wouldn't be that hard from a back in my business anal- analyst days you know it would only take a few hours to whip up requirements to write that module to t- to add on to zero um, and then you know they'll have crack developers who can just smash that out pretty quickly eh? I, I honestly don't think it's that much effort at all and it will just be an attitude thing they don't see the demand yet as soon as the demand comes they could whip up a minimum viable, viable product pretty easy I reckon um, maybe I'm being optimistic but just from what I know I don't think um, that'll be a barrier for all that much longer mm. the market will come calling and they'll do it yeah we, we'd need a tax uh, person to advise on this but you know why, why wouldn't you just convert the Bitcoin to NZD at point of sale and then just treat it mm-hmm. as NZD through the system. That's I, right. I, you know, that's the easiest yeah. thing, right? I don't know if that's possible. I'm not an accountant or anything, but that would be the logical thing that I would be looking into. Yeah. Um, just sorry, on the accounting side, I was talking to an individual um, at um, when we visited Stacker um, and they suggested that they're, they're an accountant who is also interested in crypto and that side of things. So um, I, I don't want to name names, but I, I, I will reach out to that person again. And I feel like that could be interesting to get some uh, perspective on what the accounting side looks like um, and maybe get some input on that. And uh, Paul, what you said about the um, user stories, I think that's also really great. You know, even an artifact, I feel like, I mean, we're a relatively small group and it's a small country, but have, having stuff like this floating around, even if it's the documentation side or the kind of the pre-work, I feel like it can often lead the path and, and lead the way towards where we need to go, um, especially, you know, focusing on Bitcoin because there might be other stuff floating around that's, that's you know, not not that. Um, and so often not the actual doing but the, pre, the pre-doing the uh, is, is just as important to, to set the direction uh, for what needs to be done. Mm, yeah, it wouldn't be, gosh, the fantasize about whipping it up once upon a time, but... Maybe if I found some hours that have a crack, but um, I don't. I don't think it would be all that hard. And then once you've got, once you've got some functional requirements, um, you've got everything you need to build it, test it, deploy it, basically. Well, Hen- yeah, Henry would be the other one because I, I think they're based here in Wellington as well. And I've, you know, mm. I, I pay people who who use that, and 
I, I don't see it. You know, it would, it would literally just be like a BTC Pay type thing. You know, you know, here's my bank account, or here's, you know, here's, here's the, the wallet address or the Lightning wallet, uh, the Lightning address to send to. It'd be interesting to know what the attitudes are as well. I mean, as you say, the attitudes would, would flip as soon as there is demand for it. But um, you know, who's making these decisions? You know, what? Who are they talking to? Um, again, the, the decentralized nature of, of our group means it's sometimes hard to have those conversations. Um, well, I, I agree with what Paul said. It's it's all about demand. It's same that any merchant, any any service provider, as soon as there's a critical mass of people saying, of zero customers saying we want to accept Bitcoin, or people going to a merchant saying, can you accept Bitcoin? That's it, and that'll come quickly one day. Oh, there's an accountant in the chat. It's just accounted for via BTC to fiat conversion. Yeah, very straightforward. Thank you, Dan. All right. Um, so I guess the, there's also the question, because I mean, I'm, I'm a bit guilty of this myself, wanting to do all the things, uh, um, but focusing on what is actually the most high value and what's kind of the thing that's going to lead the way. Um, because when there is demand, you know, someone somewhere is going to make it work. But, you know, always just trying to keep that in my mind. What is it that I can do uh, that's most important and that's most relevant right now, given the whole situation? Um Harvening coming up in a year, you know, where are we going to be at and what's, um, mm-hmm. you know, what's most important right now? That's it's the right way to think about it. I mean, um, I mean, I, between the accept Bitcoin stuff um, that we're working on, trying to give people information. Um, and uh, I, I asked Rob if it was okay for us to talk about what I'll talk at a high level about what we're working on. Like um, Rob and I are committed to, to, you know, jumping in on this merchant solution thing here. Um, and so what we've been thinking about it ultimately is just like, what's the, what are the barriers to adoption of the Lightning Network here in New Zealand, right? Um, you know, we wanna we want to bring, you know, what we see in other places here, uh, make it possible to get people onto the Lightning Network. Um, and, you know, for, for everyday people, you know, there's actually still some friction just to get Bitcoin on the Lightning Network, you know, just, to buy Bitcoin from something like Easy Crypto and get it on chain and then figure out how to get it into a Lightning wallet and actually spend it somewhere where there's nowhere to spend it. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities there left in New Zealand to get it so that people actually can, you know, when they make the choice that actually want to, you know, get into this Bitcoin thing, I'd say go into a coffee shop and see the sign, like, you know, the journey from that curiosity to actually being able to use it in that way is 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 pretty vast. Um, on the, on the merchant side, we've talked about it. There's volatility and tax and accounting, uh, and those headaches are, are enormous. So, um, you know, we've, uh, started, started working on this and, um, uh, you know, that, that first product, you know, there's enough Bitcoiners out there with some Bitcoin on a lightning wallet that we can go show up at people's places and start spending it. So, uh, the merchant side is that, that first target. Um, so getting, Getting that tool that eliminates those issues, the, the tax and accounting and um, uh, gets, you know, people instant payments with uh, without the headache of, of the volatility they're scared of is, is the key target. So um, hoping hoping to get somewhere on that soon um, and, and start start heading forward. Um, but it's you know early days. Thank you, Brendan. Um, yeah, no, I think the merchant stuff though is, is uh, really important and it's yeah part of the circular the, the, the circular uh, economy stuff and then also um, I think just as a bit of a 
um, our final sort of topic, I'd love to just talk a little bit about the meetups um, and and the community as well at, at large. I know we've got the Bit Kiwi meetup coming up uh, here in Wellington, and um, I, I must say I think overall Bit Kiwis, I've really enjoyed every, everyone that I've gone to, um, and it seems like that's where a lot of this has come from, is these real life events, uh, which echoes what um, they were saying. Uh, and, and when I was talking to the UK guys, you know, the meetups really helped activate a lot of a lot of people um paul what's um i guess your vision for where things are at with with bit kiwi um what you know what what, what can we look forward to on, on saturday and what's sort of the future uh, and hold, uh, hold for that yeah so yeah next saturday bit kiwi five wellington falcon brewer 2 p.m few of you guys are in different parts of the country i'm not sure how many of this group will actually be able to make it this time but um yeah really looking forward to that we have um we have ordered the next issue of Bitcoin magazine to make available there, but it might be touch and go if it arrives in time. They've given us an estimated delivery date two days before, so we'll see about that. Um, we've actually also booked a table at the restaurant that Cody mentioned before, so maybe there'll be a mass orange pilling going on there later <laughs> in the evening, but we've made a 7.30 booking at, I think it's called Rajdani on Courtney Raj, Place. Rajdani, yeah. So anyone who comes to the meetup, more than welcome to come along to that. We did a um, dinner at the Khmer restaurant in Christchurch after the last one, and that was actually awesome. That was the first time we'd organised something like that, and it was fantastic. I think there was 10 or 12 people came there for dinner, um, and it was a cool atmosphere. It was great. It was awesome paying in Bitcoin. Sadly, we couldn't. We don't have a restaurant in Wellington to do that just yet. But maybe we'll get working on that on Saturday night. Um, so yeah, that's that's the very next event coming. So that should be awesome. Um, there's also um, seen today. She's retweeting it as well. Was um, this, this? I think who, she's the partner of Texas Slim, who runs the Beef Initiative. Um, is in the country and she seems really excited as coming along to meet the Kiwi Bitcoiners so that should be quite cool I don't know if that means Texas Slim is going to be there or not can't say for sure but um, that'd be pretty awesome um, uh, there's a few people traveling from out of the city again um, which is becoming a bit of a pattern now so that's really cool that it's becoming a little bit of a destination event which is sort of what we've been aiming for so it's cool seeing that come to fruition um, at this stage, we've got BitKiwi 6 planned for July 22nd in Wellington again, um, BitKiwi 7, October 28th in Wellington, and then we're planning one for Queenstown in February. So we're sort of going a bit long term on the planning, trying to lock it down so people can plan for it themselves. Um, but we're looking at Feb 17th, Queenstown, and we want to try and make that a bit of a big one. So we'll get into some serious planning once BitKiwi 5 is over on the next sort of tranche. We're also penciled in BitKiwi 9 for April next year. So we've gone all the way out, a year out in our planning. Um, we're sort of trying to get more consistent in the cadence of them. So we started off, you know, BitKiwi 1 was, will anyone show up and will this be more than one? Now we know that that is definitely the case and there seems to be a core group um, that's coming along. Um, we're locking in for the future. And after BitKiwi 5, we've been joking around calling it the halving because we're um, we're going to go to a quarterly cadence and sit on that consistently. Um, and so, yeah, there's, it'll be a little bit more scarce because we've done, we're just about to finish three in three months, but we're, we're going to quarterly, which was sort of always the plan, but we just sort of went a bit bespoke on dates on what fit with what we were hearing around the place, the locations and dates before. But now we'll settle into a bit of a rhythm so people can plan for it 
um, said as a bit of an event, we kind of, like I said, we're targeting that sort of destination thing. So there's lots of meetups. Well, there's quite a few meetups going on around the country now. I mean, even there's a small group of us meeting weekly in Wellington, sort of separately. Um, I know there's you guys in Christchurch doing your thing and Rob's doing stuff in Queenstown and Brandon's sipping a lonely beer in Dunedin. (laughs) Sadly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. looking for more Dunedin Bitcoiners. But I know there's these things going on around the place. So it would be awesome if people keep doing that. And then hopefully we can just get all the everyone to congregate a little bit at BitKiwi, make it a bit of a destination where everyone gets together. And we're seeing it's like a really a sort of a high signal group. I feel like it's a high quality Bitcoiners group um, that gets together and they're talking about real like like all you guys have been to talking about real projects, real building. Um, and a real place that people can meet face-to-face and make connections and hopefully just grow that activity and get it going, get some exponential pace going on into it, which is sort of the trend in Bitcoin a little bit at the moment. Um, even going back to the Lightning Network discussion before, you know, we got into Lightning Network one, two years ago. I wasn't really sure if it was a feasible thing because I'm not that technical with that stuff. But now I've really come back to it full storm because I'm seeing these tools that you talked about before Brandon that actually making it much more accessible and I don't necessarily have to be as technical as I thought I did a year or two ago so getting all that sort of stuff together and getting watching that growth happen at all levels in Bitcoin and every facet of of it really is um, what we're anticipating and so when we're planning those those events a year out from now you know optimistically hoping for quite a big turnout for example in Queenstown who knows where we could be by then um could be dealing with a rise in Bitcoin Valley, which will bring all the shit corners and whatnot. So it could just, they could start turning into a mass educational exercises, but uh, we'll see how we go. Um, but yeah, we're certainly planning for growth and just pulling all the Bitcoins together and pulling them out of the woodwork. Um, because I've also, this, you know, like you talked about that podcaster and Nelson, we're seeing these sorts of people pop out all the time. I mean, there's, I think, I actually think there's a hidden, um, group of Bitcoiners out there just like us that just um, need to be aware that that we're out there and, and start to connect with us. So, yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a mess ramble, but it gives you an idea of uh, where BitKiwi's going um, and what we're planning and why. So, yeah. Uh, thank you, Paul. And look, I agree the, the sentiment. I think BitKiwi's very high high signal and maintaining that is, is really important. And then there can be these feeder events that are, you know, like the, the Wellington Honey Badgers that catch up, you know, pretty, pretty frequently, um, which can, I think, help bring people to the events when the time is right. And then um, it's, um, it's good to have those two layers because um, otherwise that's a lot of work for you guys and I appreciate that you you know you you organize you know such you know it's such a well-organized event and i know that there is a lot of effort and um that goes into that so um yeah looking forward to to saturday um and and catching up there um and it, it, yeah it does sort of bring bring up questions as we come into the harvening you know community making sure you know that we're ready and we've got this um base of people who are able to educate and help with the the, the no no doubt the influx of, of of people who will come into the space um maybe next year so um cool is there anything else anyone wants to share that they're working on any other projects um just before we wrap up no we're all good um well look guys um i think that was a really excellent catch-up i thought i I really did want to just bring us all together and and debrief um primarily on on the uh, bitcoin alive um but also just on the various uh threads uh that are taking place um it's certainly a 
um, epistemological challenge, trying to understand how a decentralized group of people can just make sure we're, you know, we're synced up and, and talking uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, but I think we're doing really well um, and there's a lot of really good stuff happening and um, I look forward to maybe catching up a bit more regularly with, um, with the builders uh, here and, and others who couldn't be here tonight um, and just sharing uh, what we're working on and, and various projects. Awesome. Thanks, Good plan, Cody. Yeah, appreciate sweet. it. Thanks, Cody. No, yeah, thanks, Cody. Much appreciate it. Thanks, Cody. Thanks, everyone. All right, sweet. Cheers. Thanks,